I hate this. I hate that we like have to turn our attention to these dramatic little twats living in a house in like Sag Harbor or whatever, (laughs) New York from these extremely successful women, like setting a great standard on American television like this, but here we go. I'm LP, and this is Boy Meets Bravo. <laughs> Did I get that right? I mean, Did I get y'all's intro right? <laughs> I mean, not no, <laughs> but not yes. Yes, but also welcome to Boy Meets Bravo. <laughs> oh yes, okay. Yeah. It like hurts my ears to hear myself. I guess so. That's good. So that's something good to learn. <laughs> Uh, wow well okay you forgot this part oh episode nine yeah oh my gosh we made it we did oh my god all right well welcome again to boy meets bravo episode nine nine. (laughs) um welcome to our new favorite pastime and hopefully your new favorite podcast. So if you are here for the first time, let me give you a quick rundown of what your next little bit of time is going to be like. So LP and I, we are Bravo super fans. We love all the things that Bravo and St. Andy have to offer. Um, we spend an ungodly amount of time. In research. Of re- you're right. Um, doing research for our new side hustle um and what we have done is convinced my fiance desmond to join us in this endeavor but what's fun is that he does not watch bravo and he is loving it hated it no (laughs) i do not i'm slowly starting to enjoy it though okay well only one yeah you're finding the thing at least a thing right yeah we'll get to it okay sounds good well how is everybody doing lp how's your week been it's been pretty good. It's been pretty good. I mean, breaking news. We uh <laughs> all is good again, I guess, in the castle of uh J Lo and Ayla, right? Yeah, we got like very we got some whiplash this past weekend. So we obviously have been following the Southern Charm drama where Madison was supposedly flying down or FaceTiming with this major league baseball player and and then we find out that JLo and A-Rod have broken up. And then the next day they're together. So working things out. That's right. Yeah. So I hope, I mean, I don't know if somebody's dumb enough to cheat on JLo in any capacity, then bye. I hear, I hear you. And I, I, I can agree with that. I mean, they say nothing happened, but like, I don't know. So I, I was reading some commentary uh, by Shep, I guess, today Ugh. where she was going around flaunting. Ma- she being Madison was going around flaunting at cast parties like post reunion or pre reunion. No, it was when they were shooting the island episode um, when she was hosting that party out on um whatever island that was anyways uh 
off camera, she was flaunting about this relationship or DMing, as it's been said, with Alex Rodriguez and uh, that she couldn't that she was fine to talk about it, but it couldn't be filmed because she was on NDA. So like under NDA. So like technically, like they couldn't film her talking about that, I guess. And then that's why it all came out on the reunion, because like Craig was all upset in general about Madison and then spewed all of that news across for the world, which is now gone on to like blow up into a massive way. But I mean, I'll be honest. I think the relationship between JLo and A-Rod has helped her shine even hard. Like not that you need like a man helps your shine or anything, but like in a way, like their relationship has become made her a lot more marketable. Right. So there is, I think some reason they are both together subsequently gaining a lot of wealth and like popularity being together. So I think it's, and I think there's love there. Like, don't let me sell that short, but uh, there's a lot to be said for, all the business dealings and things that they've already kind of gotten engaged in. I will say that I don't mind that Madison is like climbing this A-Rod ladder to fame. And I, I honestly don't, I honestly still kind of like Madison, like even through all of the, all of this, the mess of Southern charm and her relationship with Austin, even how she's portrayed and maybe breaking up like America's couple. I, I don't know. I really like her still. Am I, am I a minority? Yep. <laughs> yeah. All right, fine. Hey, speaking of um of Southern Charm, did you hear that there's going to be a Winter House show? It's going to yes. be Southern Charm and and Summer House casts together. Um so like the people who are on Winter House are Kyle and Amanda, Paige, that's the one that you like. You say she's not ever in the drama. Mm, Hardy. Yeah. Hey. Um Lindsay Hubbard is in there which Kitty's out. Uh, yes, Sarah <laughs> Miller. Oh, Batty. Yeah, um, Craig from Southern uh, from Southern Charm. Don't know him. Okay. Of course. I mean, the Austin, the world's most average man. Don't know him. Okay, that's fine. I doubt you'll be impressed. Yeah, and I think that might that might be it. That I never got. I have to go back to. I'll give this. I I mean, outside of probably her wanting to get on the show, I never got the Madison. Austin thing like she was a thousand leagues above him and that made no sense that made no sense beyond grasping it being on television which use your body for what you can sure sure um well did anybody watch the Grammys this weekend loved it yeah loved it you know it's crazy they said it was the one of the worst rated Grammys I saw that I don't see how they brought all the stars out like all the stars were at home. They didn't have nothing to do. Like, let's, let's perform at the Grammys. And everyone did a great job. There were so many performances. I regret, actually, when I woke up Monday morning, I regretted not watching it because I watched a lot of the performances as best I could on, like, the web and, like, streaming and stuff. But, like, it, I imagine that it would have been a really good show. And I, I regret it. 
Oh, Trevor Noah did a great job. Usually with host, they tried to do a little too much, especially in this situation where, you know, it's COVID. So it's just the host and the stars pretty much. He didn't do too much. His jokes were on point. It wasn't uh, corny, uh, which he can be sometimes. It was great. And one special uh, thing I want to point out is I think I'm becoming a Billie Eilish fan. First of all, her performance was awesome. I mean, she is a she's a great singer. I didn't I didn't um I, w- I was I'm late to the party. I'll put it that way. Her the song that she won for record of the year, I forgot the name of it. Um I had a dream. Everything I wanted. Yes. Oh my gosh. Like when radio plays something so much, it could wear you out, just like that driver's license song. If I hear that one more time, I might jump off a bridge. Oh, I love that song. <laughs> but they tried to wear out that Billie Eilish song to me, and it didn't work. Every time it comes on the radio, I sing it word for word. And what I really like about her, not only is she is she a good musician, when she won her award for Record of the Year, she got up there, and the first thing she did was pay homage to Megan Thee Stallion. Yeah. So for like the first two minutes of her speech, it was pretty much praising Meg and saying that she really deserved to win the award. And when people do that, you might think, oh, it's kind of panderish or, you know, they, they want to seem in a good light and undeserving to make them more likable, I guess. But hers to me was genuine. And you know, it happens every year when Macklemore won it for album of the year over Kendrick Lamar. He paid homage to Kendrick. Um, I'm not a Macklemore. Adele to Beyonce. Can't forget yeah. that when yeah. Beyonce got lemonade taken out from underneath her. And I'll give it both phenomenal albums. But Adele's 25 and Beyonce's lemonade. But even Adele was like that album touched our souls you exposed yourself in a way that no artist ever really can and you in particular never really do so god it you know sends chills but yeah it was great i like billy eilish i'm a fan now there was one um uh lp you were telling me about beyonce it's like after the grammys party outfit that reminded you of someone Oh my gosh. I got to say Meredith Marks, you might've been ahead of your time. Have you, I I need you to show Desmond this picture of Beyonce and tell me who wore it first. Why, why y'all doing Beyonce like that? (laughs) Who wore it first? How dare y'all? They both wore, Meredith wore her crystal net face thing. She told us it was COVID, by the way, pre-COVID. And then Beyonce came in behind Meredith. Now, I didn't say who wore it better. I said who wore it first. Now, undoubtedly, Beyonce's haute couture version of this and just stunning face beneath it is you know what beyonce did is classy and goddess-like what jennifer gardner did would look like a kid (laughs) just put like you remember those hole punches you remember when you hole punch uh hole punch paper to get those little dots at the end they just put dots all over her face that no we're not beyonce's beyonce's little fashion mask was much more high fashion i i mean i think it was just it was daintier you could actually see her face it was, I mean, Beyonce you get really do no wrong. No argument for me here on that, for 
picture. I mean, like I said, who wore it first, but Beyonce, yeah. the queen, like looked more it best radiant. Yes. yes. She As did. always. Mm-hmm. All right. What and, we- well, before we leave the Grammys, uh, we're not a political podcast, but everyone go check out Lil Baby's performance at the Grammys. Oof, yes. Fantastic. Yes. I did not catch that one. I will go back. Find it on YouTube. It is fantastic. Best performance of the night. For sure. Well, we're going to jump into Married to Medicine, sort of. And then, <laughs> <laughs> sort of. I can't. Yeah, we'll get into that, kind of. And then we are going to talk about Summer House because there was a lot going on this these past couple weeks between the epic feuds that continue to flare up and the breakups and heartbreak that are happening. And then, of course, just like the devastation for... Carl uh, losing his brother. So we've got a lot to jump into next when Boy Meets Bravo. All right, we are back with Boy Meets Bravo. And this week we did a couple of things in preparation for this episode. We watched a little Married to Medicine. And what was cool about that was that it was the first time that any of us, I mean, it's always the first time for Desmond, but LP and I had never, ever watched Married to Medicine before. Never gotten into it. First time. So we, I think I watched a grand total of one episode. I prior to this feel the same. Yes. Um, Did so, not know what any of these women's names were starting from scratch. See, I kind of knew some names, but I, but that was kind of it. Um, and so the new season started last week. So we're like, cool, we'll just hop in right now. Um, and before we tell you how we really, really feel, let's talk about some things that we enjoyed about married to medicine. Start with the positive. One time you told me about that, about criticism. <laughs> what was it? You told me. I said, you, you have t- sandwich crit- criticism. Oh, shit, sandwich. Yeah. You start out with a compliment and then you put the critique and then you end with a compliment. So like, this is a really good start. Why don't we change this? And you know what? This is good too. Let's keep going with this. So you're sandwiching your critiques. Understood. Let's, let's, let's let the married to medicine get their shit sandwich of a, uh, discussion. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So uh, a compliment is this actually kind of goes out to just Bravo in general. Something that they have been doing well lately is really highlighting just the realities of the cast members of color um, on the show. So this is an, this is a cast of women of color, all of them, um, doctors, dentists, um, wives of doctors. um, And the very first episode, I mean, obviously they started filming in the middle of this pandemic, but um, they also were highlighting what some of the cast members were feeling after George Floyd was killed. And that became very public, how these cast members were participating in a lot of the protests around the country. And um, I just like that that Bravo put that first and foremost, like we're not trying to sugarcoat anything. This is just real life and what these cast members and a lot of other, you know, viewers for sure are, are facing and thinking from this past summer as well. Absolutely. Yeah. I think they did a good job of like, I don't know, did a good job, but I'm glad to see that. Uh, I don't know. They gave successful black women, a very nice platform, you know what I mean? And they used it well. Like I, 
I think part of what we didn't like, but I also kind of respect is that there was a lack of drama or the drama seemed very, or a little bit more manufactured than, yeah, than the normal, but because like these women are actually professionals and have jobs and practices where they have to be professional women and, um, dragging each other's name through the mud does nobody any good. Now we've only seen two episodes, so we can't really affirm that. Yeah, exactly. That that's the case, but I saw them being women with families and husbands and they lived in some luxurious homes here in Atlanta. And um, yeah, like you said, it just provided a very real open eye to (laughs) real women's lives. Yeah. They're not necessarily personalities. They don't all, most of the housewives come from a realm of entertainment. That was their job prior to being housewives was most of them was worked in some level of entertainment. That's not these women. They went to extended levels of higher education and then like, you know, have gone on to start really seemingly successful practices. So they've got something to protect. Yeah. And we found it to be really important that these stories are told on TV. Like it's important that we see successful black people in a, it on reality TV, like not just in these fictionalized TV shows or in movies, but like these people legitimately live here. They have practices. They're extremely uh, well off and, you know, very far off in their careers, very respected in their fields. And that's important. Like that representation is incredibly important. However, we weren't super into married to medicine we weren't enthralled we were not (laughs) and and for that we did not even make desmond watch it so he has zero commentary on it yeah Yeah. so why don't we skirt 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 talk about summer house instead all right let's do it let's do it i mean there's a lot to chew on there it is um I I hate this. I hate that we like have to turn our attention to these dramatic little twats living in a house in like Sag Harbor or whatever, (laughs) New York from these extremely successful women, like setting a great standard on American television like this, but here we go. (laughs) We're very aware of where we are, where we started with this episode, what we were attempting to do. And we are just, we're swimming back up to the shallow end now. (laughs) It's a great way to put it. It is a great way to put it. So we, we touched on summer house a few episodes ago when the season first started and it's been a few weeks since then. So a a pretty decent amount has happened. Um, we will start right off with condolences to Carl Radke. His brother passed away from an overdose. And so we were able to hear a little bit more about his family life and the struggles that he and his family had gone through and dealing with his brother's death, like seeing that on TV, like just as he got the news firsthand was really hard to watch. It was heart-wrenching. I mean, I was sitting there on my couch. I know I texted you just like boohooing. I would walk away and like do something in the kitchen. And then he, you know, he got the call or he was telling Lindsay and I just was clutching my chest and I felt so bad for him. And then when he had 
when you have to turn around and tell a house full of people that, and then all of that to be, he knew that there are cameras in every corner of that house. You know what I mean? My heart just like hurt and broke for him because that's gotta be not only devastating news to receive, but then to like have all that level of seemingly responsibility to kind of like deal with on top of it. I don't know. I was, I was glad that he was able to leave and handle that. Um, right. so, you know, hopefully, I mean, things get better with time, but that's always just like incredibly, incredibly tough. Yeah. Um, I'm sure that will be heart wrenching and gut wrenching for yeah. one thing that I was, when Desmond was watching, uh, these episodes today, um, he had some, some thoughts on Hannah and Amanda's little feud when they were fighting with each other. Do you remember what I'm talking about? You know, which two are those? Um, Amanda's the one that's engaged to Kyle. Oh, first. Okay. I'm not sure what episode we originally talked about this, but I told y'all Kyle had an anger issue. Didn't I say it? You did. And you and, did. and what did old girl say in her little argument with them? Oh, you need to watch your anger. I told y'all. I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Roll the tape. Roll, Roll the tape. <laughs> yes. Um, another thing that we see is Lindsay and her boyfriend or ex-boyfriend Stravi's relationship just unfurl very quickly we'll talk a little bit more about it in tea time but that was very cringy <laughs> to watch happen they're screaming in a house full of people which is just like Ugh. and lord knows watch out tit was about to pop out I, she was <laughs> moving and there was fabric flowing we're talking about, um which one is this the one the black dress yeah oh yes and i'm surprised something didn't pop yeah. out yeah I like you know I'm starting to like her though because she she's the one with the with the list right yeah she I, yes. I like, <clears throat> you know I didn't know how I was gonna get um I didn't know my feel on her until this episode and the way she handled um that little nerdy motherfucker that she was dating at the time oh my god <laughs> first can we can we talk about how he out he outshot his coverage with her a hundred percent I agree with that yeah. Wow. I, when they started dating, I was a little confused because when they started dating, she had just kind of like stopped a thing with Carl. Like her and Carl were longtime friends, thought about hooking up and kind of dating for like a very short while, broke it off, and then um, met this guy and started dating him seriously almost immediately. So, yeah, mm-hmm. outshot his coverage tenfold. Yeah. You know what? When you are... When when you're uh, balanced in a relationship is like that, like when you're so unattractive looking compared to your partner, the unattractive person has to do a lot to make up for that. So for you to take her poolside to a place where you live and feed her fish and chips, (laughs) you deserve to get broken up with, bro. Thank you for recognizing that because that was I tried all everyone in the house that walked by was like, Oh, oh. And I, you know, you try to put yourself in the place of like probably June, July, 2020, right? Like not a lot of options up in New York for being able to go do things. However, come on, man. Yeah. Their oven and stove, their oven and stove were also broken. I, that's not an out, but they was also broken. Fish and chips by the pool. Come on, man. Yeah. With her wearing a dress like that, titties out, she don't want no fish and chips out of the pool. Yeah, as soon as she came out dressed like that, he should have just pivoted. 
hey, we just gonna walk down the street until something happens. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, another thing that we see is uh, Luke really trying to bag Sierra, but being firmly pushed into the friend zone. Oh, go, God. Sierra, go. Yeah, I'm glad she sees Luke for what he is. I'm not down for it. Yeah, he needed to back off. He thought a flowers was gonna like just a bouquet of flowers. Yes, get that girl. Like to just to forget that he didn't mention or say anything that he was going to be show like in a house with a girl that he'd been flirting with all summer. Like what? What? I hate Luke. I like Sierra. <laughs> I do. And Hannah's, like Sierra, Hannah's still a nut. She is still a nut. She is. But I'm so excited because the preview for next, I think next week is that her future fiance, but now fiance comes to visit. <clears throat> okay. But before we even talk about that, can we talk about, you know, I noticed something that Hannah said, she was talking about Luke and she was like, you know what? He's, he, he wasn't boyfriend material. He was just hookup, hookup material. That's bullshit. I agree. Women. Come on now. If you see a guy who's attractive, I don't believe that women just look at men as a piece of meat. Oh, wait, no, no, no. That's not. Get out of here, really. So you you could see a guy who's attractive and you don't you wouldn't think he could be your boyfriend. If he is like be physical, if he is like dumb or like, you know, there's literally nothing like no connection that that could withstand any sort of actual relationship. Then, yeah, I just Mm. all I'm thinking about is like college (laughs) right now. That's interesting. Honestly, Zoom cut out. I have no idea what you guys have been talking about. Like two seconds. And I just was like, I came back. I was like, I'm not going to say a word. And then y'all were like, it was definitely something I could not even begin to comment on. So um, we're just talking about Hannah being a doof. You know what? And then did you hear when she, when she uh, told Luke, oh, you beat up a guy for me. Get the fuck out of here. Are you kidding me? I don't know. I think in general, Hannah, I'm <laughs> I, I'm growing over her very quickly. You know I what? I kind of liked her on the chat room, and maybe it's just because she and Portia could feed off each other. But I'm over her in general. You know what? I really don't like her, but the way she handled herself with um with that little Hobbit looking girl when they got into the argument in the bedroom, Amanda. Yeah, the way she handled herself with that. I I was actually on her side with that mm-hmm. because, well, simply because that little hobbit only started crying <laughs> when that other girl came into the room and she wanted to play the victim. Get the fuck out of here. Y'all were just having a conversation, one argument, like woman to woman. Honestly, I don't know what their problem is. I'm not that invested. I don't I don't know where the beef stem from. But simply you playing the victim like that really turned me off. I don't like her. You want to know what it is? And this is my problem with Hannah. And I think this is like why I maybe side with the Hobbit, Amanda, (laughs) is that it all started because she had committed, she being Hannah, committed to taking the trash out. That was like her chore, right? Like that was going to be what she contributed to the house. They all kind of took a chore to make it easy. She chose, she chose trash. She let the trash build up. It got on everybody's fucking nerves. And then she got called out about it. Maybe a little aggressively. So by the angry leprechaun, (laughs) but nonetheless, like she wasn't doing her thing, her part, her share. She got called out on it. And then she was like, "Eh, you can't like, like, don't get mad at me. Whatever. Was this this when she threw the glass at old girl? Okay. Well, 
Well, first of all, let's talk about how she called her out. If that was really her friend and she was fucking up, I wouldn't call a friend out in front of a whole bunch of people. Well, Kyle no. called her out. Well, first of all, Kyle's a messy fucking bitch. Ooh. I can't stand Kyle. I'm not hey. sure what you're going to have to bleep, but I don't like his ass. He's so he's so messy. Do you, you remember when those two uh, when Hannah was arguing with the Hobbit in the bedroom and Kyle <laughs> was out in like the balcony mixing it up with everybody being messy? Like, oh, you hear my girl in there. She holding it down. Don't go around gossiping like that. How about you just sit the fuck down when your girl comes out? Ask, is she okay? Like men, as a man, you got to play the peacekeeper in that situation. You can't, you can't try to turn the house on, on your side the same way. I'm sorry. The same way that women would like, Oh, you messy. hoe. <laughs> really piss me off. I mean, he's real. He is real dramatic and you're right. You would, you would think that the women were, would be the ones who, you know, make things messy, but thankfully Kyle, maybe, you know, maybe he's a feminist, right? He wants everyone to be on equal ground here. Someone should have just said, take the trash out. All right, Hannah, take <laughs> the trash out. That's what I would have said. I'd be like, hey, girl, grab, grab it. Let's go. Take it a box. You take a box. We're going outside. All right. Well, we'll get into that and more in tea time. Next. Welcome back. It is officially tea time. What are we sipping on? Well, I think in this week of the first anniversary of COVID, when the world seemed to shut down, or at least our world here in Atlanta, I know other places obviously had much earlier (laughs) certified closed down dates. But anyways, I think it's been interesting this year to see that through a bit of a lens. So... Might as well talk a little bit about how, you know, seeing how ultimately it's transitioned a bit from the OC to Atlanta to Summer House and Southern Charm. Like, you know, some of these shows started filming right when pandemic hit and like when they had to see each other through closed windows and things like that. And then we were able to transition to where, okay, well, as long as everyone's tested, we can interact together and cameramen can be there. And it's not like you have your little home footage nearly as much. That's what we saw in like the OC and Southern charm. And then as we move into like summer house, like and Atlanta, it's all about protocol and making sure everyone's safe and that sort of thing. And, um, I think it'll be interesting to see, I don't know what the next steps are as we, we as a whole society shift and change, but it's been interesting. It's definitely was interesting when we were watching Married to Medicine and trying to become fans of the franchise um, because they're all doctors. So if anybody is going, if if I'm going to watch anybody like maneuver this COVID life, I'm going to watch the Married to Medicine women and men, you know. Um, so it was it was actually kind of um, helpful to see them like being able to interact like, yes, we're all going to wear masks, we're all going to wear shields, but like we can do this in a way that's safe. So it was nice to see that because that was like a very informed and practical like approach to the to the virus. And granted, it had been it's not like it was the very beginning where nobody knew a thing about it, but it was a stark contrast to what we saw at the beginning of the pandemic when OC was filming. Like it seemed like people 
kind of had these different COVID personalities, right? Like Shannon Bedore was the like extreme panic, buy all the meat, buy all the toilet paper at Costco um, personality. Right. So, Clear out Costco. Yes. And she, like, I think in one episode she was like, there's no meat left and was just losing her mind. Um, who else was, I mean, okay. The total opposite were the Southern charm bros, Austin. That got from, it right off the bat. Like first week, yeah. like absolutely. And I don't know. It, it's been, it is, I have enjoyed that, I guess there's a bit of seeing a little bit of like, it's a bit of a sociology, you know, exam or experiment or something, watching these different personalities interact with one another and having some people be much more lax and other people be a lot more stringent in their practices. I can absolutely associate that with people in my life that like there, you know, I have been no saint in all of this. I've been out and about and like, I've tried to be protected and then I got it. And a lot of my, like <laughs> my, my inhibitions drop from that point, but, um, what do they call it? Immunity and punity. I'm about to hit out, I'd probably get out of that phase, but anyways. Um, and then there are friends that are a lot more like, I guess stringent in their practices. And then there's people that are always kind of floating between, but it's, it's, I don't know. It's been kind of good to watch that or interesting to watch that as it's played out in our lives. And then to watch it also happen on TV, not just on real housewives, but in media in general, I don't know. Everybody had to switch from in-person like studio audiences to, okay, we are all on zoom now. Right. It's going to be, I keep saying the word interesting, but I don't know how else to describe it going into the future, seeing what, how, how this changes our interactions and how we consume media in the future. Like we're all hungry to get out again, but is there some level where we just continue to pursue the virtual route on a lot of things? I don't know. I know that Desmond and I are ready for Jesus and Marrow to come back and have a studio audience because we're looking for a reason to try and go to New York. And All right. Attend. Who are you, Desmond? Like, what was your COVID personality? Like, we talked about how some of these housewives were like the extreme panic personality or the super lax, I barely, you know, acknowledge that this virus exists personality. Where were you? Um, probably somewhere in between. <laughs> Yeah, didn't, didn't really leave the house as much, but that's because I didn't want to be around people. Can't trust other people. Nope. For sure. Well, that's true. I brought it into your household, but luckily you were unaffected. Oh Thank my God. gosh. I've been, <laughs> I've been around so many COVID people now. Yes, yes. Um, well, one of the one of the franchises that is able to cover life in this pandemic is Summer House. And so something that was different about this season was instead of them coming to the house every weekend and then spending the week in New York City was that they came to the house and they just stayed there. Oh, can't leave. Uh, that's just real bug juice. Yes. Oh, man. I loved that show. This this show is adult bug juice. I, I love it a lot. Not it's in its present form, but if it were me and my people, I would love the hell out of it. Mm. That's a very fair assessment. They're playing tennis. They've got games. <laughs> there's, there's activities. A there's a, there's always kind of like the bully ish aspect. There's always like the teams of who's friends with who I loved bug juice. Do you remember, um, uh, ugly crying Sarah? <laughs> remember she, she was one who, uh, ugly cried on there. Yep. I do. Yep. That's on, that's on bug juice. Yeah. 
She was, she was always, I think her name was Stephanie. She was always up there ugly crying. But yeah, that's Hannah. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Hannah's really, she's really struggling here. Well, let's talk about that then. So like Hannah and Amanda have a whole, just a whole thing happening. And like I said earlier, it's very cringy for me as somebody who is fully anti-confrontation. It makes me like stressed to watch them fight. And Desmond, you were talking earlier about how, I don't know, kind of how a little bit fake Amanda was in the fight. Like she wasn't, she didn't start crying until I think Paige got there. Phony. I don't like people play a victim like that. Yeah. It's nasty. It just seems like they're, they're good friends until a guy gets involved. Like when Mm. Hannah gets real obsessed with Luke and he treats her bad and then she gets upset and then they're annoyed with Hannah that she's upset <laughs> because she said she didn't care. That becomes a fight. And then Kyle wants to insert himself every so often. And then that becomes a fight. So it seems like that seems to be the kind of common denominator. I just, I don't, I guess we all have different definitions of friends. I don't know. That's not how I address people. And I don't expect people to address me like that. Have I gotten into blowouts with friends? Yes. Usually, and we've addressed this in the past, it's when in the younger years, but like, I don't know. This is not how friends deal with each other. Well, you know what? I think some people just operate in toxicity. Like some people, and it, you know, it makes for a good TV. So I think I think these producers find the right people who live that way, who only live in the realm of everything being a mess with your friendships and relationships. So maybe to them, that's a normal friendship to where, you know, we we blow up at each other like that. And my man, my bitch of a man talks shit about you. And I just apologize walking through the hallway and we're cool again. Maybe that's how they operate. I don't know. Could you imagine living for six weeks in a house with people you're friends-ish with, having to be there, living, working every day, can't leave, can't get out and interact with other people for fear of bringing back the disease. You're quarantined, big brother style, (laughs) in a house. Not even through strangers, because strangers, there's some level of like boundary, right? Like, you know, you can't cross into certain things and you're getting to know people and there's some level of peaked interest in that, right? Just because like strange, whatever. If you're going to do it for six weeks, it's more like a challenge then but if you're friends ish with these people but you know deep down they fucking hate you (laughs) how much would that suck i would hate that a lot i'm very sensitive and i know this about myself and i would not thrive in this situation Hmm. at all oh you would be uh you know that's funny i was telling brie she would definitely be sierra you remember when uh (laughs) old girl who had her titties out by the pool Lindsay. and um her dirty ass boyfriend yeah when they were getting into it sierra was standing on the balcony just watching and then she ran back inside she's like oh everybody's out there arguing that's that's brie she would do that that's true when they're popping at our apartment complex i'm like open the window he's like what no and we have a lot of stuff that goes down where we live. <laughs> yeah, we and Brie always wants me to go outside and find out. I'm like, no, we need to mind our business. Why are black women so nosy? Can we talk about that? Black women are fucking nosy. Tea time topic number two. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh my God. Well, have you guys had any like roommate drama? There's a lot of it in Summer House, but have you had any that you can think of? Like, I, I mean, I, I lived with roommates all through college 
And then the first like five years of my career, I lived alone and then I had roommates and then you, my love. Um, but the only thing, the only like big dramas I can think of were back in college with my roommates. Yeah. I don't, I can't think nothing. Like I've lived with friends mostly. Um, I lived with a total stranger when I lived in California for a little while that I found on Craigslist, but that was actually a really chill. I'm glad that that happened, that that ended up well. That was a really chill, like experience. (laughs) Yeah. It was nice. It was like, it was a guy actually I've lived with multiple Collins now, but, um, yeah, found him on Craigslist, uh, went over to the place. It was an awesome house in Santa Monica and was like, you know what? You're fine. You have a dog. I have a dog. I think I could tolerate this. It was five blocks from the beach. It was amazing. I couldn't turn it down. Could tolerate a lot of things. Five blocks from the beach. Normal dude from the Midwest. It was fine. I think maybe the only, like the, the one roommate drama I can think of was, just like passive aggressive drama. It was never like the the crazy aggressiveness that we see in summer house, but like kind of like with the whole Hannah and the trash situation, when we were in college, if somebody's job was to take the trash out or to like change the dishwasher out or whatever, we would just passive ag- aggressively remind that person that they need to do that. Just you know? like one minute. Yeah. Like oh, I would take the trash out of the trash can and then put it next to the trash can. Oh my and then gosh. Put the, put the new trash bag in the trash can and then go upstairs. I know. I I didn't know you were like this. Oh yeah. I I was probably the one that was supposed to take the trash out. <laughs> For so, sure. <laughs> so I was probably the one that the petty shit was being done against, which is I've gotten better because as I've lived with more people in become a grown woman i try to be cognizant of the people that i live with because that's kind the more you know well more, i had, I had a, was the rainbow i had a college roommate uh well i have plenty of college roommates but there was just one uh set of guys i live with that we were we we're all friends one of them i grew up with uh like in elementary school but um that particular guy he really didn't understand the concept of money because his parents were supporting him. So we got into it one day because he kept running the AC during the winter. Oh, Lord. And it was pissing me off. And um, as it would, that sounds like something my father would come down and yell at me for. <laughs> yeah. So he would turn it, he would, he would turn it, um, turn the AC on. I would turn it off. And then he would turn on. I, I think that went off like two or three times. And eventually I walked into his room. I was like, bro, like, you got to stop turning on the AC. He's like, no, nah, man, you know, I live here. You know, I do what I want. I'm like, you're you're not paying any bills. So, like, I don't know. I don't know what you want to do. But, um, yeah, it almost came to blows. But um, eventually the AC got turned off. <laughs> thermostat wars that is a roommate saga that's a roommate story for the ages who runs who runs ac that's during the fucking winter i don't know that's insanity was it here in georgia alabama oh it's even more crazy it's wild even more crazy well this isn't like directly related but um they're still roommates technically uh Lindsay and stravi so on these most recent episodes it's Lindsay's. Well, first we see them like getting a huge fight. I remember Desmond, you looking at me when she said, "When is the last time you made me a sandwich?" Yeah, when's the last time you made me a sandwich? And I several times. I, I I've actually I believe sandwiches. 
when I was over there the last time, I'm fairly certain she offered to make you a sandwich. And then there was only one piece of meat and you said, no, make it for yourself. It was a very sweet moment, but she started. Oh, with- damn. See, how crazy is that? She tried to shit on me and I just turned out being a gentleman. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, look at, look at God. Okay. <laughs> but no, I'm, ta- <laughs> I'm talking about edible sandwiches, baby, but no, keep going. Oh, keep I can't going. cook. I can make a sandwich. There was so cheese do and turkey on it. You can make grits. That's true. I can make sandwiches too. I can make sandwiches. I can make tacos and I can make breakfast. How about Hannah? Oh. (laughs) (laughs) She can't take out the trash. She can't. She cannot. All right. So Hub House and Stravi, they're dating. We know she's got this list, this eerily uh, specific list of expectations. And she doesn't get enough attention from him because he's working. And then it's her birthday And he like creates this surprise for her. And you kind of touched on it earlier, Desmond, how this is not, this doesn't cut it. The fish and chips. Fish and chips by the pool. Come on, man. Yeah. You got to burn that. I will say I was one of the people who were like, oh, look how he's trying to make it nice. (laughs) Well, tell us then, Desmond, what would you have done? What would you have done? I have rented a Spider-Man costume, bought rope, tied it to a tree and hung upside down before. Being broke with no money for a date. Oh, that's adorable. That was not for me. I was going to say, was that for a woman? Yes. (laughs) It wasn't no fucking fish and chips either. Okay. All right. All right. All right. That's cute. I feel bad for Stravi because it does seem like he is trying, but it's not meeting her expectations. And she's incredibly clear about that. So is that like a her problem that, that her expectations are getting met? Or is that a him problem that he's not meeting them? Well, you want me to start? Sure. I mean, (laughs) I mean, I think that's, um, I think that's a communication problem, right? Like I think at the essence, I think that if, I don't think that there's anything wrong with having high expectations from your significant other, you know, um, if, but I think it's important that to some level, you kind of express what those expectations are. If they don't, Paige did hit it on the head. She goes, if he has spent any time with her and didn't know that like, she didn't want some big birthday thing to celebrate her, then like, he doesn't know her. So to a degree, like there's a little bit of how well do you know what the other person needs or wants out of a relationship? And, um, if you are not able to communicate that either, if you don't feel like you're getting that like in a healthy way, she tries to, but she yells at him, you know? So I think that's more so I don't think that it's wrong to have high expectations, but if you're, they're not being met, then like there has to be some level of like Mm. understanding that they're not being met. Before I met you, my future wife, if I was single, I don't see how easier she could make it for this motherfucker. (laughs) She has a list of things that she wants to accomplish. And as I've already told you, he outshot his coverage with her. So she knows that too. Like, let's be honest. So she's like, here's your list, buddy. If you want to be with me, you want to make it work. Here are the things I'm going to want to accomplish. Here's things that you have to do. And he's not, he's not meeting it. So 
I would say the, it the- is. Can we stop for a second? It is July 2020. Now I know that's when y'all got engaged, but you have been dating a lot longer than like this whole thing had been going on. So I think actually maybe I'm wrong about that. We were, but we, we when we got engaged, we were together for two years, and I think they had been together on the show for one. Okay. And she's like a year older than us, maybe. It's the world was crazy, right? Like, how can you not? No excuses. (laughs) No. Okay. You know, let's think about it as like the fat kid in school or the the ugly guy. You have to overcompensate for something. So with him, so what is 2020? Make it work, bro. Like that is when you have to step your game up. Find the most creative ways to impress a woman who is so fucking demanding. It could be done. Didn't make it work. You did wallpaper the inside of your home. He did. It was very sweet. I know. The bar is high over here. Well, he did make a PowerPoint, Strabby. Oh, what a fucking dupe. I wish people could see my face right now, but I am, I would cringe. She handled it well, in my opinion. I would cringe so hard if someone sent me a PowerPoint. That is so cringeworthy. Just like looking at it as a man, you are such a simp trying to get back. Like this, this relationship is so toxic that you made a PowerPoint to describe how it could work. Whoa. Yeah. And I will say I work with, I deal with PowerPoint like every day almost. And there are a lot of things that PowerPoint can do. So it really actually bothered me. That he had these like stick figures in PowerPoint because you can do so much mm. to really elevate your PowerPoints these days. And it just seemed real. It just seemed a little simple. Didn't cut me. the mustard, huh? It did not. Mm-mm. Well, I, yeah, I, <laughs> I'm very uncomfortable with the idea of receiving um, information about love through the same means with which I like receive financials from our accountant. Like I just is not, it makes me uncomfortable. I don't, I, I, that's not how I want to hear it. If you're bad with words, which I am, I'm not the best with my, like when it comes to like love expressing myself much better at writing it down, put it in a letter or a card or, you know, if you need to pre-record something and send it, I'm not against like any level of creative way of expressing yourselves with a pre a, a PowerPoint like, come on, at yeah, least was- learn in design and well, like can- create something pretty. Mm-hmm. Come Danielle on. Danielle was looking at it. She was like, oh, and here are the stick figures. Okay, mm. this is fine. <laughs> Danielle, these though. women are professionals and they know what's up. Yeah, this is this is very true. That was embarrassing to watch. Oof. Yeah, I get the shivers. Like, y'all, don't, y'all don't ever watch something and you're just embarrassed to watch it. That's that. I was uncomfortable watching that. You sent her a PowerPoint, my guy. He, I mean, she must be sitting on a pot of gold. Was seemingly very proud of it. So I don't know. It clearly didn't work. They're not together today. And hopefully she'll find. I'm interested. I'm really interested in Winter House because she's going to be there with with Austin. And I don't know if Craig is still dating Homegirl, but there's a few, there's like a couple single guys maybe in Winter House. So I. I saw her watch what happens live and they did ask about that. And she is not like, she recognizes that Austin and Craig would be well below are like well outside their coverage okay, for good. her. She gets that she there. That is not her type of man did not seem. 
I'll say this Stravi seemed to have a level of success to him. He was also a professional individual that like worked in the hospitality industry. He was driven. You do not see that out of Craig nor Austin, though Craig's pillow line taken off. It's adorable. It is adorable. I don't feel like he's doing much of it, but which, but credit to him, you know, for finding people who are doing the things for him. Business managers can do wonderful things. Yes. Yo, Chevrolet smash loop. You know what? We see a preview that maybe that happened. You know what? That could be that could be the one. Her and Luke. Ooh, I don't know. Because he needs to leave Sarah alone. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, he does. I like That's that hilarious. couple. I like that couple. Well, I think we have cleared all that there can be when it comes to Summer House. And we tried to clear all that we could with Married to Medicine. We and I... Want to give mad props to those women because they are fellow Atlantans. They are crushing their games, it seems like. From what we can, we did a lot of research on the places they work and the places they send their children to school. And (laughs) they are (laughs) just some casual research. Casual research. (laughs) And they are like, Mm. Hot we love some hometown lady bosses so we have we do so we want to give them the credit that's due you just unfortunately don't get tickle our drama palette strongly enough maybe we'll try again later but yeah we'll see all right well we have some saint andy award congratulations to give out next And we're back with the St. Andy Award. We want to give a big congratulations to Miss Lala Kemp and Randall Emmett, the newest parents to what is a very uniquely named baby per the rules of living in Hollywood, apparently. Uh, Little sweet ocean Emmett. Oh man. Well, we have some words, some life um, affirmations for little baby Ocean Emmett. Ocean, may your seas always be calm. May your North Star always shine bright. May you never have to walk the gangplank out the back alley of Sir. May you never ever forget it's not about the pasta. Welcome to the world, baby ocean. We are so pleased to have you here and add to the Vanderpump Rules baby family. I wish that you could see see Desmond right now. Yo, what the fuck was that? (laughs) Yo, what the fuck was that, yo? Yo, Y'all praising the baby pimp? We are just, we're just setting her, him, her. What is this child? I actually have no idea. <laughs> We're setting the baby up for, for positivity moving forward. In I life. do like this part though, the Vanderpump family though. Yes. We, yeah, this was, that was probably the very first like Bravo thing that you were like, Hmm, kind of piqued your interest. Look at us what? awarding a child that has done nothing already. Is it? Why? That's, that's a, that's a that Gen Z for sure. No? So Vanderpump is not on TV right now, but I've been heard rumblings that there's going to be kind of like a, a revamp of Who said something racist? Oh, all of them. Yeah. I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. Yep. Oh, all of so them. Every last one of them got in trouble for being a little bit racist. Yeah. Yes. Oh my gosh. Four off the top of my head. Yo. I was I was just throwing some shit out there. That is so funny. Well, that spaghetti hit the wall. 
back to the pasta. <laughs> oh, oh my god! <laughs> I'm glad I make you laugh. <laughs> I tell you what, I've never laughed so hard. I've met James Kennedy in real life out in LA. Amy was out there visiting. And, uh, we were at pump because Amy had to go to pump while we were out there. That seems to be like the thing, like people want to go visit. No, I'm sorry. Not pump, sir. We were at, sir. My bad. Everyone wants to go to the Vanderpump restaurants. Anyways, we were there. He was there. Amy was smoking a cigarette. He wanted to bum a cigarette. So she hands him like opens kind of her case for him to grab. He tries to take two and she was like, oh, hell, like snatched one of them back and was like, I said one. <laughs> Cause he's just entitled. He believes he, he can take whatever he wants. Yes, that's true. That's Actually, one I- who was yelling at his girlfriend for missing his DJ show when she was working. Oh, he's one of the drug problem. Yeah, he's a, he's an alcoholic. I knew it. I can call these things. Yeah, clearly. Oh. I was kind of surprised to see him just hanging out at Sir on like a Thursday evening. It wasn't even see you next Tuesday. I feel like that's Which, just what they do, though, is they hang out at Sir or Pump or Tom Tom now. Tom Tom. <laughs> well, we are almost done with season one. You feel good? I feel great. This has been an experience. I'm excited to see what can happen in season two. I think we've got big things planned. I think we are going to really um, make this a far more engaging podcast, both uh, in any way possible. So I'm excited to like work on reaching out to our, our, our Bravo network and seeing what we can do. Yes, for sure. And we appreciate all of our listeners, whether you're new or you're returning for supporting us this season. And we'd really appreciate it if you would subscribe, uh, give us five stars, leave us a review, let us know how we're doing and what you would like to hear and what you would like for us to force Desmond to watch next. Make sure you tell your friends about us and, um, uh, connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at Boy Meets Bravo. And there's a direct link in the show notes that'll get you straight there. Also check out creativegeniusesnetwork.com for even more content. We've got other brother and sister podcasts. There's a little bit of something for everyone. So until- oh, there's been some fire content around, around the network. I will say that it's been great listening to everyone. Yes, for sure. So check it out and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.